We would like to take this opportunity to say that uh, we only do come to you once a year asking you for your pledge of support. So it's very important that we all uh, seriously consider our offers and our stewardship of the church um, and what our goals are and, of course, what we'd like to give. Keep in mind, we don't have commercials. We don't have product placement. So this is the way that we pay our bills. We need the support of our members, so that's why we come to you every year, but only once a year. We don't want to interrupt the programming that you've come to enjoy and depend on more often than we have to. That's right. And, of course, um, we don't attach a lot of importance, really, uh, to, to each individual how much you give. It's just that each individual will give what they can give. We like to encourage our members, to, our renewing members, of course, we value. They're very important. They're sort of the lifeblood. But we're also reaching out to new members. Maybe you've been, a, 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 you've been participating for a while, been here for a while, thinking about making the, the leap, becoming a pledging, supporting member of All Souls. And that's certainly something that we would encourage you to do. Those of you who are renewing members might want to look at what your level of support in the past has been. Making the leap from supporter to sustainer of the church is a very fulfilling thing to do and offers up some special new premiums that are not always available. Absolutely. We are all gifted. I got in a fight with a very good friend of mine last Christmas season because he spent, oh, I'd say two solid days speaking about the extraordinariness of his granddaughter. How well she played piano, how well she did in math, how well she did art, how well she, did, she behaved, you know, how beautiful she was. I, I love this child. I know this child. And she is all of those things. But so are other children. We are all gifted. My kids are gifted. And goodness knows, I can't remember any school that ever gave them a commendation. Can you, Robert? No. I can't remember any music teacher who didn't complain about their wandering minds. And yet they are gifted, as are you. We take the hierarchical structures of paternalism, and we think that all things have hierarchical structures, but they do not. There is no hierarchy in human beings as they are. Sometimes we take on a certain role that might cause us to think that we have risen above other folks. But it certainly doesn't mean that we are better, that we are more gifted. But it means that we are all gifted and we all have found a place where we can use those gifts. That's kind of what happens, as I understand it, when you reach your calling, you find a place where, as it, the theologian said, your great passion meets the world's great need. And so, Sam Adams, where's Sam? Has the gift of baking, my goodness. But also then the gift of hospitality, which comes from that. The gift of putting love into the very work of her hands and the times that she spends preparing things for people. And you can taste the love. It's a rare gift. Ron Thurston has the gift of welcome. 
Ron Thurston probably never, ever met anyone that he didn't like. And if he did, he would assume he had a virus, and he would go home. (laughs) He stands out there in our lobby representing all of the members of our membership committee who are so glad to see all of us who are here, you know, every once in a while, like myself, those who are here every Sunday, and those who have never been here before or were just here last week. He has that gift of hospitality. And out of it, you see, he has gathered together a people. He congregates us in that way. Barbara has the great gift of songwriting. She takes human fears and emotions and weaves them into something that expresses a thing in our own heart that we never thought could be expressed. And we hear the music and we say, ah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I felt that. I know what that feels like. I have the gift of blarney, as they say. <laughs> I have the gift of getting up in front of people and speaking. I've always had it. I had it when I was five. But, of course, I've studied speech. So, you know, it's not as miraculous as some people think it is. But what I'm doing, what I understand myself to be doing, is that I open myself up to, I think of it as the Holy Spirit. You could think of it as the spirit of the moment, the spirit of the congregation, the spirit of the room, the spirit of the day. I just open myself up to it. It's as if I fall back into it willing to say what comes to my heart. And that's a profound responsibility. We have other gifts here. Would someone else like to speak of someone's gifts? Who do you see who has a gift? Ron? Indeed. Maybe twice, yes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We do. Other gifts? Bill is an extraordinary artist. Oh, yeah. Multiple medium. Media? Media. Yes. Bill is a great artist in many media, and he has a great tale to tell with every piece of art. The art is an expression of a life, a life with a lot that happened, a good life to examine. Bill. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, I've noticed that when you're working at something that you love, you don't even notice. You don't stop to eat. You don't, you don't think about it. You can stay up all night. You don't even notice it because you're in that place where your passion and the need of the world meets. It's wonderful. It's fun. Fun to work. 
So where are my choir members? Ah, yes, with the gift of song. We have such a great choir here, such an inspirational choir. And where are you who like to work with the soil, who like to garden, who like to keep plants in your home? Yes, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. And those who build things with their hands? Legos? I don't know. Those who put together wood? Those who like to make little electronic devices or little motors? Yes. And how about you who, like Robert and I, like to go onto World of Warcraft and kill ogres? (laughs) And murlocs. You know, murlocs need killing. And... And some of us, and I'm sure you probably have some people like this in your family, we're doing what we can to keep the murloc population down worldwide. <laughs> worldwide. And I just saw Susan Caldwell walk in, and she has the gift of teaching, which is a wonderful gift, to take what we know as a civilization and to pass it on to the next generation is absolutely remarkable. And some of you have the gift of parenting, right? Who here has, is a parent? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of you have the gift of being a good child to your parents. They call some of us the sandwich generation. I spend much more time on my parents nowadays than I do on my children. Who among you is caring for a parent, either near or far? And that is a gift I will tell you, because to have heard the same story 500 times (laughs) and to not snap, then you know that the Holy Spirit is with you in that day. What other gifts can you think of? What other gifts do you need or that impress you. A good listener. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be a good listener. Yes. The author Kate Chopin said, um, if you want to be known as a good conversationalist, ask people questions about themselves and listen. Later they will say that you are the most sparkling conversationalist. I think that that most of us who teach would, would absolutely resonate with what you say, that we learn more from our students than what we feel that we give them. Part of that is always being in the, with the newcomers in the newcomer space and thinking you've seen this all before. But we never have seen this moment, have we? I have a sabbatical next year. I hope to find my way back to writing. I was just thinking about Amanda Lawrence over here, who has a great uh, passion for organization and getting things done. You give the girl an assignment, she goes at it, gung-ho. We called her sometime in the middle of this week and said, Amanda, we're going to do this thing at church, and we'd like you to be there. She walked in two minutes before the service started, sat down. You know, she's that kind of a person. You know, if you ask her for something, she will be there though she has a lot of work and family and things to to juggle. Well, 
A lot of times when we're in our annual stewardship drive, it seems like what we're interested in is how much money people have. Uh, That is not what this is about. This is about opening up the gift of generosity in your heart. It's about getting to the moment when you sit down and look at your budget and say, how much can I give to the world's need? And of that, how much will I give to the congregation? When our Puritan forebears came to this country in the mid-1600s, they were fleeing the Episcopal Church of England and the Roman Catholic Church, which had been a top-down kind of thing. Rome would tell you what to do. Rome would tell you what to do, and you had to do it. And then after the schism, the Church of England would tell you what to do, and you had to do it. And they said one of the most remarkable things that has ever been said among human beings. They said there is no larger institution than the individual congregation. And they said we're going to be self-governing congregations. And we're going to be self-supporting congregations so that we can be free congregations. Now that doesn't mean we're not all interdependently connected. I get the privilege every day of going out and representing the concern that you have for other congregations. Yesterday I was in Baton Rouge. Two weeks ago I was in Corpus Christi. One day this week I talked to a lady down in the uh, in uh, Hidalgo County, down in way south Texas. And that's because you make that possible. And you make it possible through your gifts to this congregation, who, as the reading says, If I give generously, my church will give generously. And this is a generous church. So it is a time for us to think about our bounty, a time for us to sit down with our visiting steward and talk about why the the church is important to you. Because we have to remember that one of the things that you're giving us at this time of year is your feedback, talking to us about your dreams for the congregation. The leaders of this congregation will collect that just as, as gladly as they will collect the pledge information. It is how they find out what the heart of our people are. So when your steward calls and asks you to meet them for coffee or get together uh, somewhere and have that conversation, don't worry about the money part. Come at it with a glad heart, ready to talk about what a gift the church is to you and how you think it could be a better gift for others and for our community. 